So Ronaldo and Lindsay are in Brazil, and our, uh, I think Ronaldo is preaching today as well. He's been teaching and preaching most of the time that he's in Brazil, uh, so um, he's busy. And, uh, but you can be praying for him and for Lindsay as well as they um, accommodate themselves to a different culture and different language for a while. Ronaldo has indicated that it takes a lot longer for him to preach um, in Portuguese because it takes more words uh, to get the same effect. And so a lot of translation work back to his own language, which is interesting to have to do. But when you prepare and are taught everything in English, you have to somehow make that transition. So let's open up with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you, Lord. I just thank you for uh, the opportunity to consider your word, uh, to consider its impact um, on, the, on a dying world. Lord, I pray that you would help us to reflect deeply on the things um, that you would have us to see through it and to apply it, that we might become more like you, uh, which is our goal, to glorify you. Lord, I just pray that you would be glorified even in our first hour today. In your name I pray, amen. So we have um, in our practical theology um, time together, we've covered a lot of topics and today uh, a little bit more of a somber one. Uh, so this one is related to and entitled on a video series called Domestic Abuse. And so we're going to take a look at this and what I've done is put together a little bit of a a guide, um, not necessarily from the video itself, and I'll introduce the video in a second, but just on Christ-like headship, um, a headship that really is meant to and purpose to glorify God. We think about the life of Christ, we think about his, um, his prayer life and his, um, his focus on his mission and just how he dealt with people, and we see from him great Christ-like example of purity, servant leadership, humility, seeking the best in others, um, a service that's based on truth, um, not based on alternatives to truth or half-truths. We see obviously in his walk to the cross his sacrificial love as well. Um, he was rooted in right motives, always trustworthy and faithful. He was engaged in his ministry. He was a communicator. Uh, we have a whole um, document that the Holy Spirit has breathed out for us, for our instruction, uh, God's communication to his people. Um, and it is right-tempered uh, in its tone. It's protective, leading to our sanctification. It is in, in, it's in, included in all of it is fellowship, an open communion with people, an eternal communion that is being seen. And it brings forth great peace, brings forth glory to God. We are to take a look at these passages, and this is just a short list. This doesn't come from the video. This is just a very short list, but um, they're everywhere in Scripture. Hebrews 
726 says, for it was fitting for us to have such a high priest, holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners and exalted above the heavens. What a glory it is uh, if we consider even um, the book of Philippians, humility, uh, Christ's humility, even being humble to the point of death, even death on a cross. There's great statements in the book of John on his truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Jesus said that um, he is truth. He testified to the truth at his own trial, always being truthful. He was the epitome of sacrificial love and continues to be. His sacrifice um, is something we couldn't do, but it is a model for us in love. He was rooted in right motives. It says in 2 Timothy that the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart, love from a sincere faith. And so love must be categorized in right motive. It's protective in a sense of healthy protection Jesus was always speaking truth. He prayed for our sanctification in John 17. And we have great communion with Christ. We have just gone through the book of 1 John. What a blessing it is for us to see the fellowship that we have in Christ, with Christ, and with others. And it brings forth great peace. Our humanity is quite different, is it not? We oftentimes have impure thoughts and motives. We can be demanding and lazy in how we operate. We can have pride so filled with arrogance and entitlement uh, that we take advantage of others. We use deception as a tool, manipulation, to seek that which is ours, so self-seeking. Sometimes even coercion, and to try to get to somebody to do something that we want. What is the goal? We can even look at uh, ministry, and I think of Paul's statement in Philippians chapter 1, just in how some were even preaching the gospel from, from envy and strife, wanting to one-up Paul, even in the ministry. Um, and says, Paul clarifies that we, do, we preach Christ from love. Um, which is the former, the latter being that of the world. But Paul said in that particular section, it's, it's good that Christ is preached. It was the right gospel, but the wrong motive. We can be lazy in our homes, dismissive, uncommunicative. We can do the opposite of love and be jealous um, within that which is the confines. We can encourage isolation instead of fellowship. And, in, and have distrust instead of sanctification as part of the goal. All of this brings forth chaos. And the chaos within a home um, is damaging to the gospel. And so just wrote a little bit of a paragraph here on just the importance of the relationship between husband and wife and godly leadership. Our earthly relationships are marred by sin. It is 
believers in Christ as those called and set apart, as those indwelt by the Holy Spirit, our relationships should look different from the world. The headship within a believing home has its example in Christ. Husbands are to love their wives as Christ loves the church and gave himself for her. That there exists in most homes headship characteristics that ought not to occur. I think that if we're honest, um, that in all of our homes there's been headship things that have occurred that are not right. But it's so easy to be callous to these things over time. Justify sin with personality characteristics. Become callous within it. Within the confines of the home is often a haven for unique displays of selfishness uh, that are justified by letting your hair down or whatever it might be. These things ought not to occur. Sin is the core issue of marital disharmony. The tone of the home is determined by the leader within the home. This isn't to say that one party is a bigger sinner, but God places leadership of the home with the, with the husband. There's no circumstance where the use of force or domination is justified as a characteristic of Christ-like headship. We have lost our ability to be salt and light in a dying world when the sins of the home become patterns of the heart and even physically abusive. And so um, these are things that we need to take um, a look at carefully, all of us uh, do. And so as we consider the deeper sins of the heart and the sanctification, it's so impressive to me that in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul states that that um, his purpose really for the church is to uh, call this bride to himself. And speaking of church and, the Christ, and Christ and the body of Christ and how it operates, we too, and even in the church, should operate with these same principles. And dwelt by the Holy Spirit, we have a, a great um, indwelling nature as believers that we need to foster. I can tell you that I think age is helpful here, uh, that certainly not always in, in my home um, have I behaved as I ought to as a headship husband. And so these things are great conviction points. And so um, these things are um, complex as well, but things that we cannot justify. So we're going to move into this topic, um, and we're going to see here um, on a video uh, scenario. A scenario, uh, just to give you a little bit of a clue, I'm, we're not going to go through the whole introduction to this, but there is a couple who seeks pastoral counseling for marriage issues. They started meeting with the pastor of their church. You'll hear a little bit about that. The pastor becomes concerned and seems to not be getting anywhere in the counseling. And so there's some biblical counselors that are at the church, and so uh, they decided to um, have the husband meet with um, a male pastor, biblical counselor, kind of an associate of the church, uh, to try to get to a little deeper issues, and then also the wife to do the same. A decision was made to do this separately, uh, just to give them some opportunity uh, to be a little bit more candid about the issues that are going on within the home. So this is an initial session, a counseling session with a husband. I, I have for you 
a handout, and the back side of the handout is just for you to take some notes. Um, it is, um, what, what, what would we watch for um, if we put ourselves in the place of the counselor? What are some characteristics or things that uh, we, we might want to take a look at? Um, and so this is the list uh, for us to take a look at personally as well. So these are some things you might hear some tones and some information that you might bring out yourself. And so um, that's the purpose of the, these notes. We're going to not have a lot of Q&A. The video will pretty much go to the end. Um, so what I want you to do today is just take notes on the video itself and consider these things. Uh, don't have time to go through all the scripture I listed, but certainly on your own, uh, look through that scripture and add to it. As I said, it's a pretty short list. A uh, couple of things also I should have said earlier is no first hour next Sunday uh, due to the holiday. And so, and then um, Mark had talked about this book last Sunday morning, uh, I'm in a Conflict, and uh, this is a great little book. I've kind of paged through it. We're ordering more as a church, and so we'll have this available to you, for you as well. So, all right, so... There's a lot there. I just wanted to indicate a verse from Proverbs that the first to plead his case seems right until another comes and examines him. And so um, we tend to minimize in things about ourselves. And, and so um, next time that we meet, not next week, but the following, uh, we'll um, hear from his wife as well. So you can come back and take some more notes. Um, just wanted to um, reflect that when we talk about domestic abuse, this is a Christian video, uh, domestic abuse is not a biblical term. We have a higher standard, actually, um, in the household of God as to how we treat one another uh, because it's reflective of the grace in us. And so I just wanted to make that point that sometimes language uh, changes things, um, and so... I love the title of that book that we went through a number of years ago, When Sinners Say I Do. Um, just a, a great um, reflection of, of our own hearts. Um, so, um, and then uh, just before we close, I'll pray. Um, but just a story, I may have indicated it at a fellowship group um, here or there, but I grew up in a church not too far from here. Um, we had a pastor's parsonage next door. Uh, from the time that I could potentially push a lawnmower, I was mowing the church lawn. Uh, my dad would bring the lawnmower to the church and uh, unload it from the trunk of the car. We would, uh, and I had the opportunity to uh, push mow the lawn because I was too young to drive the rider. And so, um, so I did that, but I started to observe some things um, happening uh, between the pastor and his wife, they had adult children. And uh, I noticed that whenever they went somewhere during the day as a couple, uh, they took a 1968 Chevy Impala. Um, he had two cars, a Chevy Vega, uh, which he drove basically for church business, uh, bucket seats, and the old Impala had a bench seat. Uh, before they got to the end of the parking lot, when they left together, she had slid over into the middle. Uh, this is a couple in their 60s. Um, 
had a lot of stress in their life, uh, not only ministry stress, but a son, an adult son, who had a brain tumor that had passed away. And so a very sweet couple. But what I noticed in them, and specifically in him, uh, was the working out of the gospel in his home. Um, the fruit of the Spirit coming through day by day. And uh, I was a young, young kid. Uh, by the time I was eighth grade, I remember thinking, this couple's different. And the gospel is reflected in their home. When he spoke, uh, sometimes he would say, um, honey, would you just come up and play that song? And she would um, come up and play the song. Um, and there was a sweetness in that home that reflected the change within them. And just to challenge um, all of us, um, if the gospel is real, if we believe that it's real, um, and if we believe that our behavior can glorify God, um, then we need to start that in our home as well. And to be patient uh, with others, to be kind. Much of what you've heard in this video is not necessarily extreme behavior, although you will hear from his wife um, and you will learn that he has minimized um, his conduct uh, within the home. And so um, it's much more hurtful and harmful than what it appears. And so um, just as we say that there's maybe little things uh, that are happening um, that we become callous to, and it says in Ephesians, in our study in Ephesians, that we become calloused and don't notice uh, the little things of the heart that are wrong that need to be remedied. And so uh, these are big deals um, that we need to take a, if you listen to him, he talked about ruts. One of the things that we see in progressive sanctification and becoming more like Christ is that our ruts become less. So if we're growing in grace, uh, those things that we're repenting for, that we're changing, that we're trying to modify within our hearts, start to take root because our purpose is to glorify God. So let's close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your patience with us, for your grace, uh, undeserved merit that you have lavished upon us, grace upon grace, to bring us to a point of newness of life. Lord, we thank you for repentance and for forgiveness of sin. And we thank you, Lord, for um, how you have managed us, that we might be called out, that you might provide mercy. Despite our behavior, uh, that we might uh, become more like you somehow, that your Holy Spirit, through your intercessory prayer, moves the, the needle. And Lord, we're thankful for that. We pray, Lord, that increasingly that we might be gospel people by behavior as well as by word. And Lord, I pray that you would be with all of our homes as we pursue this topic. In your name I pray, amen.